Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev is such a powerful parsha, whereby we know that Yosef is taken from his family, sold to Mitzrayim. But let's remember that Vayim Ehu Ish, when Yaakov sends Yosef to find his brothers and see how they're doing with the sheep, so the Torah tells us that Yaakov sends him to Shechem. He comes to Shechem and they're not there. He had every reason to go back, say, Abba, I did what you told me, but they're not in Shechem. Couldn't find them. All of a sudden, Vayim Ehu Ish. What does that mean? That a man, and who is this man? This man is clearly directing Jewish history, Jewish destiny. Namely, it's the Malach Gavriel. And rather than Yosef should ask him, excuse me, have you seen? No. He comes to them and says, hey, how can I help you? Matavakesh, what are you looking for? He says, Esachai, my brothers, Nasumize, they've traveled from here. And the rest is history, says the Ramban, to show us that Rabos Machshavos Blavish, many are the different thoughts and designs of men, but Patsas Hashem, he sokum, literally, it's the will and desire of God that ultimately takes place. And before we get started with Hanukkah, with Vayeshev, my strong suggestion, as you read the parasha, take Yosef's name out, not literally, but in your mind, and put your name in and see the destiny of how Hashem is involved with your life. Given that, this coming Sunday night, Abba Oleinu Litova, is the beginning of Hanukkah, I'd like to first review quickly some of the laws of Hanukkah and then spend a little time uh, back with Vayeshev. So I'd like to just introduce Hanukkah by taking a look at the fifth stanza of Ma'os Tzur, that we're going to be reciting this coming uh, Sunday night and each night after we light the menorah. So the second line down of Yevonim Nikpitsu Olai, how the <coughs> Greeks gathered against us, in the days of the Chashmonoyim, here it comes. They breached the walls of my towers, the Timu Kolashmanim, and they defiled all the oils. This is Hanukkah. What does that mean? It means the Greeks had unfortunately control over the base Hamigdash. They could have destroyed it as the Babylonians before them. But instead, what did they do? They breached, which means they took their swords and they made holes in the sorag. The sorag is the partition 
that said, non-Jews are welcome in the Beis HaMikdash, but they can only go so far. Jews can go a little bit further. Yisraelim. If you're a Levi, you can go a little bit further. If you're a Kohen, you can go in much further. It, they resented that there was a area that separated them from the Jewish people because they prided themselves that they were intellectuals. Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, all came from that culture. So they were very intelligent people. And therefore, they said, however, we have a major problem with the Jewish people. And what is that? Timu Kolashmanim. What did they do? They defiled all the oil because they could not understand the concept of tumor and tahara, purity and impurity. It made no sense to them. And something which they could not understand intellectually, they could not accept. And this is, for us, the essence of Hanukkah, saying that we don't only rely upon the intellect of man, but we accept, we affirm that there is a higher intellect called Seichel Eloki, literally the intellect of Hashem and the uh, teachings of Hashem. This was the struggle then, and to this very day, this is the essence of Hanukkah. As found in the Gemara 21b in the Gemara Shabbos, we are taught of the mitzvah of lighting near Hanukkah. Who is obligated? So men, women, and children who have reached the age of Chinuch, the age of education, that they understand that they're lighting a candle to commemorate the historical miracle which occurred on our behalf at this time, they are required to light the menorah. So, interestingly, one of the primary differences between Ashkenaz and Sfard practice is as follows. The Sfardim understand that when the Gemara says that the mitzvah of Hanukkah is near ish ubeso, they understand that literally one menorah or one light per household is sufficient. So one per family, as opposed to Ashkenazim that say, no, that while a wife is included in the lighting of her husband, each uh, individual living in the home lights their own. Certainly the men, the boys, their different customs, whether or not girls living at home prior to marriage do light the menorah. Now, here we go. Regarding the menorah, the menorah is filled with either oil or candles from the right side facing the menorah 
and it is lit from the left side going to the right. Okay, now the uh, menorah should be placed in an area where it's going to be seen by as many people as possible. Unlike the lighting of Nair Shabbos every Friday afternoon, should whoever is lighting the candles say, look, I don't want people looking in, so from the letter of the law, close the drapes. Not so regarding Nair Hanukkah, whereby Tersume Nisa, literally publicizing the miracle, is an integral part of Nair Hanukkah. Literally, when we um, light the menorah, we are proclaiming, I am Jewish, I'm proud to be Jewish. Now, at times when, unfortunately, because of Sakona, because of danger, the person could not do that, then the Talmud says, and the Shulchan Aruch says, that you could even have it in your home, away from the window. But otherwise, the practice is to put it in the place where it's going to have the greatest visibility. The time for lighting the menorah is from the Talmud says Shkia, which means, and that's the Machlokes, the Rambam says from the beginning of Shkia, what we call sunset, the Shulchan Aruch and the commentaries tell us it means at the end of Shkia, which means in our locale, approximately 40 to 50 minutes after sunset. Sunset starting this coming Sunday evening is approximately 4.30. So the ideal time would be a little after 5, 5.10, 5.15 would be perfect to light the Ner Hanukkah. And the halacha says that whenever you light the menorah, it has to have the capacity to burn for a half an hour. After that half an hour, if you have to leave your home and you'd feel that it's unsafe to leave it with the candles burning, by all means, blow it out after half an hour. Um, if the candles can burn, you are going to be home. More than that, that's wonderful. The idea being that the more the candles are lit, it is a greater persumenisa, greater publicizing of the miracle, meaning of the holiday, uh, to um, many more for as long as possible. Ideally, in terms of what do you do first, the uh, praying of Myriv or the lighting of the menorah. So given that <clears throat> Mayriv is Todir, is a constant mitzvah, and lighting their Hanukkah is much less frequent, eight nights a year, Mayriv would win out, and you would have a Mayriv first. However, if one attends regularly 
a 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock, whatever it is, a myriv every night, then they can light before they daven myriv. Now, the halacha says, interestingly, that kavsa, if you lit the menorah, and it had enough fuel to go that half an hour, and the lights went out by themselves, or let's say a young child came by and blew them out, from the letter of the law, kavsa, they went out, you don't have to relight it. Should you want to relight it, by all means, you would do so without a bracha. Please God, in terms of next Friday night, what we'll do, we'll discuss that next Friday um, in our Dvar Torah. However, just be aware that if need be, if someone is leaving their home uh, before um, the proper time, which is a little after five, the earliest you can light Ner Hanukkah with a bracha is Plag HaMincha, which is an hour and a quarter before uh, sunset. This time of the year, approximately 3.30. So the earliest you'd be able to light near Hanukkah would be 3.30. But if you so do, you'd have to use large candles or sufficient oil so that it would burn until 5 o'clock and then that additional half hour till at least 5.30, 5.40 in the afternoon. Okay, now, the menorah itself should consist of eight receptacles arranged in a straight line. A circular menorah would not be acceptable because it would be hard to tell outside what is going on, how many lights have been lit. One is not permitted to get benefit from the Nair Hanukkah. Unlike Nair Shabbos, that a person is to get benefit, Nair Hanukkah one is not permitted to. (coughs) And it's for that reason that we include that additional uh, candle or oil called the shamash, which is distinguishable from the others by its position, higher or lower. And therefore, the purpose of that is so if one were to get benefit, we would attribute the benefit to that additional light. Electric lights may not be used for the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah. One could not make a bracha on an electric menorah. If one wish to have an electric menorah to publicize that it is Hanukkah, that's fine. But again, have a regular menorah alongside so you'll be quote-unquote teaching the halacha at the same time. Please God, this coming Sunday night, we recite three brachos before 
we light the menorah. The Hadlik Nair, some say Shel Hanukkah, and others don't. Those that delete the shell in the bracha do so to show the difference between that of Shabbos and that of Hanukkah. The second blessing is Sha'osa Nisim, acknowledging the miracles. And the miracles are both the military victory of Rabim Biyadma Atim, many were given over to the few, and as well as the miracle of the oil, whereby that which could have, should have burned for but one day, lit, remained lit for eight days until they were able to get the pure oil. And finally, on the first night, Sunday evening, we recite Shehechianu. If whatever the reason, one did not recite Shehechianu on the first night of Hanukkah, they can recite that bracha any night at the time of lighting. On Hanukkah, we include in both the Shemona Esrei and in the Birkas Hamazon Al Hanisim, and look inside so you don't forget. If you forgot, you don't repeat, neither nor the Shemona Esrei or the Birkas Hamazon, except for, please God, once again next Friday night, when there was an obligation to wash, we'll talk about that at that time. Throughout Hanukkah, we say the complete Hallel, right, every day, the entirety of Hallel, and during Hanukkah, we omit in our tefillos, Lamatseach and um, Tachanun. Next Shabbos, we'll please God, uh, omit as well, Tzikoscha Tzedek. Okay, let's just tie quickly Hanukkah with Vayeshev. And that is as follows. The Torah tells us that Yaakov, who sends Yosef to see his brothers and see how they're doing, <clears throat> the Torah tells us that Vayishlochehu me'emek Hebron. He sent him from the valley of Hebron. Rashi says, valley? Come on. Hebron is up on a mountain. So what does it mean, valley? It means me'etza amuka, from the deep council, meaning Hashem is fulfilling that which He promised Avraham at the bris ben Absorim, <clears throat> that there's going to be a servitude and it's going to be for a total of 400 years. How is that going to happen? It's going to happen with Yosef being brought down to Egypt. Yosef is sold, and the rest, as we know, is history. 22 years later, Yaakov is going to come down to see his uh, beloved son, <clears throat> Yosef. Now, the powerful concept that emerges from this parsha is that at the moment when Yaakov tears his garment and says, Chayob b'ni that, God forbid, 
a wild animal has consumed and eaten Yosef, we can only see if we stop the <clears throat> video at the moment, we can only see the terrible tsara that is happening to Yaakov. However, every day in our tfilos, at the end of the first bracha, before the Shema, we say, Matzmiach Yeshua. Hashem is the one who literally causes salvation to sprout. This is all a process. And so too, the tsara that affected the Jewish people at the time of the Greeks. The Rambam writes that for 52 years, the Greeks gave us challenges and trouble in terms of observing our religion. So be aware that it was through this tsara that this brought about the nace of Hanukkah. And the whole exile that we are still in, all this is a matzmiach Yeshua, all this is preparing for the ultimate geula, which, please God, will be coming. So the idea of Hanukkah is a reminder to us that even though things are very dark outside and we might look about and say, ay, 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 what's going to be? Hanukkah tells us that all of the sorrows are a preparation for Please God, the Geula. Parshas Vayeshev, therefore, with a proper perspective, puts us in a most happy frame of mind. Shabbat Shalom, and a meaningful, happy celebration of Hanukkah to all.